Section 3 of Reminiscences of a Southern Hospital by its Matron by Phoebe Yates Pember. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. About this time, an attack on Drury's Bluff was expected and was made before the hospital was in readiness to receive the wounded. The cannonading could be distinctly heard in the city and the dense smoke seen rising above the battlefield. The Richmond people had been too often, if not through the wars, at least within sight and sound of their terrors, to feel any great alarm. The hospital people, lying in groups, crowded the eastern brow of the hill, discussing the probable results of the struggle, while the change from the dull boom of the cannon to the sharp rattle of musketry could be easily distinguished the sun set among stormy purple clouds but when low upon the horizon sent long slanting rays of yellow light athwart the battle scene which with its black outline of clouds was thrown in strong relief the shells were bursting in the air above the fortifications at intervals and with the aid of glasses dark blue uniforms could be seen moving in bodies though how near the scene of action could not be guessed about seven o'clock the slightly wounded commenced to straggle in with a bleeding hand or contused arm or head bound up with a scrap of cloth or pocket handkerchief their accounts were meagre for men in the ranks never know anything of general results but they all concurred in the fact that we drove em nowhere by half-past seven vehicles of all kinds crowded in and yet no orders had been sent to make preparations for the wounded few surgeons were in the hospital the proximity of the battlefield inducing them to accompany the ambulance committee or ride to the scene of action and the single officer left in charge naturally objected to receive a large body of men when no arrangement had been made for their comfort and but himself in attendance i was just preparing to leave for my home to which i returned every night when the pitiful sight of wounded soldiers in ambulances carts drays furniture wagons carriages and every kind of vehicle that could be impressed met my sight to keep them suffering while sent from hospital to hospital was useless torment and the agonized outcry of a wounded man to take him in for god's sake or kill him decided me to countermand the order of the chief clerk to the effect that they must find other accommodations as we were not prepared to receive them i sent for the officer of the day he was a kind-hearted indolent man but efficient in his profession and a gentleman and seeing my extreme agitation tried to reason with me saying the wards were full except the vacant and unused ones for which we had no comforts till we made requisitions besides being the only surgeon on the place he could not possibly attend to all the wounds at that hour of the night i proposed in reply that the convalescent men should be placed upon the floor on blankets and the wounded take their place and construing his silence into consent gave the nurses the proper orders 
eagerly offering my services to dress simple wounds and extolling the strength of nerves which had never been tried he allowed me to have my own way may his ways be of pleasantness and his paths of peace and so giving miss g directions to have an unlimited supply of toddy and hot coffee armed with lint bandages castile soap and a basin i made my first essay in the surgical line the doctor was engaged in ward a so entering ward b the first object that needed care was an irishman he was seated upon a bed with his hands crossed wounded in both arms by the same bullet the blood was soon washed off wet lint applied and no bones being broken the bandages speedily arranged i hope that i have not hurt you much was my apology these are the first wounds that i ever dressed sure and they be the prettiest pair of hands that ever touched me and the lightest and i'm all right now from bed to bed till long past midnight the work continued fractured limbs were bathed washed free from blood and left for the surgeon's care the men were so exhausted by forced marches lying in entrenchments and want of sleep that few awoke during these operations if even roused to take nourishment they received it with closed eyes and a speedy relapse into unconsciousness the next morning but very few had any recollection of the night before there were not as many desperate wounds among those brought in that night as usual strange to say the ghastliness of wounds varied very much in the different battles perhaps from the distance or nearness of contending parties one man attracted my attention and enlisted my warmest sympathy he was a marylander though serving in a virginia company there was such calm resignation in his large mild blue eye can you wait a moment on me he asked what can i do for you give me something to strengthen me that i do not die before the doctor attends to me his pulse was strong but irregular and telling him that stimulants might produce fever and ought only to be administered by a surgeon's directions i inquired where he was wounded right through the body alas the doctor's opinion was no hope give him anything he asks for but for five days and nights i struggled against this decree fed my patient myself using freely from the small store of brandy in my pantry and cheering him by words and smiles the sixth morning on my entrance he turned an anxious eye on my face the hope had died out of his for the cold sweat stood there in beads useless to wipe off so constantly was it renewed what comfort could i give only silently open his bible and read to him without comment the ever-living promises of his maker glimpses of that abode where the weary are at rest tears stole down his cheek but he was not comforted i am an only son he said and my mother is a widow go and see her if you ever get to baltimore and tell her i died in what i consider the defense of civil rights and liberties say how kindly i was nursed and that i needed nothing i cannot thank you for i have no breath 
but i will meet you up there he pointed to the sky and seemed to fall asleep but he never woke in this world while hospitals were still somewhat unorganized soldiers were brought in from camp or field and placed in divisions irrespective of rank or state but soon the officers had better quarters provided for them apart from the privates and separate divisions were also appropriated for men from different sections there were so many good reasons for this change that explanations are hardly necessary chief among them was the ease through which under this arrangement a man could be quickly found by reference to the books of any particular division schedules of where the patients of each state were quartered were published in the daily papers and besides the materials furnished by government states and associations were thus enabled to send very large quantities of food and clothing for private distribution the immense contributions coming weekly from such sources gave great aid and enabled us very often to have a reserved store when the government commissary failed to supply us to those who were cognizant of these exertions and their results it appeared as if the old men and women of the confederacy had worked as hard and exercised as much self-denial at home as the soldiers in the field there was an indescribable pathos lurking at times at the bottom of these heterogeneous home boxes put up by anxious wives mothers and sisters a sad and mute history shadowed in the making of rude coarse homespun pillowcases or pocket-handkerchiefs adorned even amidst the turmoil of war and poverty of means with an attempt at a little embroidery or a simple fabrication of lace for trimming the silent tears that dropped over these tokens will never be sung in song or told in story the little loving expedients to conceal the want of means which each woman resorted to thinking that if her son failed to profit by the care other mothers might reap the advantage is a history in itself piles of sheets the cotton carded and spun at home in the one room where the family perhaps ate lived and slept in the backwoods of georgia bales of blankets called so by courtesy but only the drawing-room carpets the pride of the heart of fifty housewives perhaps their only extravagance in better days but now cut up for field use dozens of pillow-slips not made of the coarse product of home looms which would be too harsh to the cheek of the invalid but of the fine bleached cotton of better days suggesting underclothing sacrificed to the sick boxes of woolen shirts that looked like joseph's many-coloured coat created from almost every dressing-gown or flannel skirt in the country a thousand evidences of the loving care and energetic labor of the poor patient ones at home told an affecting story that knocked hard at the doors of the heart were the portals ever so firmly closed and with them often came letters written by those who had no knowledge of how to direct communications to the absent 
these letters making inquiries concerning patients from anxious relatives at home directed to my office and not my name came in numbers and were queer mixtures of ignorance bad grammar horrible spelling and simple feeling however absurd the style the love that filled them chastened and purified them many are stored away and though irresistibly ludicrous are too sacred to give to the public for amusement in them could be detected the prejudices of the different sections one old lady in georgia wrote a pathetic appeal for attention for her son she called me my dear sir while still retaining my feminine address and though hoping for her son's restoration to health entreated in moving accents that in case anything occurred by which his life could not be saved that he should not be buried in virginny dirt rather a derogatory term to apply to the sacred soil of the old dominion almost all told the same sad tale of destitution of food and clothing even shoes of the roughest kind being too expensive to be indulged in for the first two years after the commencement of the war privations were lightly dwelt upon and courageously borne but when want and trouble pressed heavily there was a natural longing for the stronger heart and frame to bear part of the burden desertion is a crime and meets generally with the same contempt as cowardice and yet how hard for the husband or father to remain inactive in winter quarters knowing his wife and little ones were literally starving at home not even at home for how many homes were left our hospital had till now for over a year been appropriated to georgians when an order came to transfer them and make it entirely virginian the cause of this change was unknown to me but was highly agreeable for the latter were the very best class of men in the field intelligent manly and reasonable with civilized tastes and some knowledge of what was conducive to health besides this they were a hardier race and were more inclined to make up their minds to live than die a very important matter in a hospital and when there was no fighting going on the wards for this reason would be very empty the health of the army had improved wonderfully when the soldiers had become accustomed to field life and learned to take proper precautions time was now left to me for winter operations and curiosity carried me around to see how my neighbors managed their duties and responsibilities while on search for improvement i found a small body of marylanders who having no distinct hospital of their own were sent wherever circumstances made it convenient to lodge them there had been much petty criticism privately and publicly expressed on the conduct and bearing of the marylanders in the confederacy and a great deal of ill-feeling engendered sister states are never amicable but it was not until my vocation drew my attention to the fact that i became aware of the antagonism existing the virginians complained that the marylanders had come south 
only to install themselves in the comfortable clerkships and take possession of the lazy places while those filling them defended their position on the ground that honest and efficient men were required as strictly in the departments as in the field and that their capacity as clerks was recognized without any desire on their part to shun field duty they labored also under the disadvantage of harboring as fellow-citizens every gambler speculator or vagabond anxious to escape military duty who managed to procure always in some way the exemption papers proving him a native of some portion of their state this adverse feeling to them report said extended to the hospitals through which they were scattered and with the aid of one of maryland's warmest friends every effort was made to induce the surgeon general to consent to the inauguration of some building for their use but dr moore was adverse to any arrangement of the kind not from unkind feeling but from a conviction of the expense and trouble of small establishments of that nature failing in effecting this a personal application was made to the surgeon-in-chief of our own hospital to allow me to have a certain number of wards apportioned for marylanders and with the ready courtesy and kindness always displayed by him he immediately gave his consent in the decided objections expressed by the surgeons generally to having charge of the marylanders there was something more amusing than offensive and the dismay exhibited by the head of our division when he heard of this arrangement was ludicrous in the extreme but our opinions were hardly reconcilable in this matter from our different standpoints to a woman there was a touch of romance in the self-denial exercised the bravery displayed the hardships endured by a body of men who were fighting on an abstract question as far as they were concerned no one with any reflection ever supposing maryland in any event could ever become a sister state of the confederacy besides this the majority of them were very young men and in many instances had been accustomed to the luxuries of life well born well nurtured and well bred serving contentedly to the end as privates when other men who had commenced in the ranks had long since made interest and risen more through political favor than personal bravery luxuries that came from all other states for their soldiers which though trifling in themselves were so gratifying to the recipients never came to them the furlough the el dorado of the sick soldier was like the cup held to the lips of tantalus for the water could not be quaffed there was no home waiting them even letters those electric conductors from heart to heart came sparingly after long detention and told perhaps of the loss of the beloved at home months after the grave had closed over them in antagonism to this feeling were the strong objections of the head surgeon to this new arrangement and they were reasonable enough the very fact of there being an unusual amount of intelligence and independence among these men 
made them more difficult to manage and less submissive to orders they knew what they were entitled to in food surgical attendance and general attention and were not afraid to speak openly and often loudly of any neglect or incapacity so that whether ragged or helpless or sick they bore a striking resemblance to hans anderson's leather soldier who though lame of a leg minus an eye and an arm a mashed head all the guilt rubbed off his back and lying in the gutter had his own opinion and gave it on all occasions this made them awkward customers and the result was a pretty general objection to them as patients i might whisper an aside very low and very confidential of sick men who should have followed the wholesome old rule of early to bed and early to rise taking their physic quietly in the morning and disappearing after sunset due in the morning and missed at night and also tell of passes altered and furloughs lengthened all very wicked but nothing unmanly or dishonorable they never lingered around the hospital when there was field work calling them away and their record needs no additional tribute from my humble pen praise when not necessary is an impertinence when petty sectional feelings have died away and the history of the confederate struggle is written they will find their laurel leaves fresh and green but to return to home affairs the wards were prepared and first occupied by the sick and wounded of the first maryland cavalry and for the first time during their stay did i experience the pleasure of ministering to the wants of grateful and satisfied soldiers they brightened a short interval of laborious and harassing labor of nearly four years and left a sunny spot for the memory to dwell on after them many of their state came and went but there were still difficulties to smooth it was almost impossible to give them their due share of attention so great was the jealousy existing if an ill man required special attention and he proved to be a marylander though perhaps ignorant myself of the fact many eyes watched me and complaints were made to the nurses and from them to the surgeons till a report of partiality to them on my part made to the chief surgeon compelled his notice and was followed by a command that all patients should be treated alike there was constant bickering and dissatisfaction shown fearful that i might be in the wrong i was careful at last not to inquire as to what corps an invalid belonged a courier of general a p hills very badly wounded had been a patient for some time and by way of offering him some inducement to bear his fate patiently i had asked him to dine at my office as soon as he could use his crutches an invitation of this kind was often extended to men similarly situated not that there were any other delicacies retained in my kitchen than were sent to the wards but the invitation was a courtesy and the food was hot and more comfortably served unfortunately he proved maryland born 
and that something had been reported was shown by an order attached to my window during the day to the effect that none of the patients would be allowed to enter the matron's department under any circumstances on penalty of certain punishment this was galling and disagreeable so hard to be borne that i carried my complaint to the surgeon-in-chief no one ever applied to him in vain for either courtesy or kindness he naturally was unwilling to countermand this order but told me significantly that though the division was under entire control of the surgeon in charge and subject to his orders the private room that opened out of my kitchen was my room as a woman will always sacrifice her comfort convenience pleasure and privacy to have her own way the result must be evident my sleeping room became a dining room and for the future i generally made use of it for that purpose and returned home at night the next trouble was the entire disappearance of all the maryland patients the wards being found empty one day when i went through them and no man living could tell where they had gone the dinner hour had hardly commenced when a small group of the missing made their appearance with cup and plate at the window they belonged to the infantry and if even able to bear their exile were not willing to give up the flesh-pots of egypt this continued for a couple of days the applicants increasing at each meal till a second visit to dr m with a representation of the impossibility of feeding men for whom no rations had been drawn brought about the rescinding of the first order and from that time till the end of the war they were not further molested feminine sympathy being much more demonstrative than masculine particularly when surgeons are in question who inured to the aspect of suffering have more control over their professional feelings the nurses often came to me when only the doctor was needed one very cold night in december while sleeping at the hospital in answer to my demand as to who was knocking and what was wanted a nurse said that something was the matter with fisher telling him to go for the doctor and putting on some clothing for fisher was an especial favorite i hurried to the ward he was a young man hardly twenty years old who had been wounded ten months previously very high on the leg near the hip and who by dint of good nursing good food and plenty of whiskey had been given a fair chance of recovery the bones of the broken leg had lapped and nature had thrown out a ligature between the severed parts but his side curved out and the wounded left leg was half a dozen inches shorter than its fellow he had been the object of sedulous care on the part of all surgeons wardmasters nurses and matron and the last effort to assist him was by the aid of an open cylinder of pasteboard made at my kitchen of many sheets of coarse paper cemented together with very stiff paste this was to clasp by its own prepared curve the deformed hip and to be a support for it should he be able to use crutches he was a stout fresh hearty young man interesting in appearance and so gentle-mannered and uncomplaining that all had learned to love him 
supported by the nurse he had walked up and down his ward once or twice for the first time this day on his crutches and all seemed well that night he turned over and uttered for the first time an exclamation of great pain following the nurse to his bed the covering was turned down when a small jet of blood spurted upward the sharp edge of one of the splintered bones had severed the artery i put my finger in the little orifice and awaited the surgeon he speedily came took a long look and shook his head the explanation was easy the artery was embedded in the fleshy part of the side and could not be taken up no earthly power could save him what could it avail for doctor to remain he required his time and his strength and i sat by the boy himself almost unconscious that any particular accident had happened the hardest trial of a woman's duty laid before me the necessity of telling a man in the prime of life perfectly ignorant of the danger that his life was ebbing away that there was no hope it was done at last and the information received patiently and courageously some directions given to me by which his mother would be informed of his death and then he turned his questioning eyes upon my face how long can i live just as long as i hold my finger on this artery a long pause ensued god alone knows what thoughts passed through his heart called so suddenly so unexpectedly from all earthly ties he broke the silence at last you can let go but i could not not if my life had depended on the action hot tears rushed to my eyes a surging sound was in my ears and a deathly coldness around my lips the pang of obeying him was spared me for the first and last time during my hospital sojourn i fainted away no words can do justice to the uncomplaining nature of the southern soldier whether it arose from resignation or merely passive submission when shown in the aggregate in a hospital it was sublime day after day lying wasted by disease or burning up with fever torn with wounds or sinking from debility a groan was seldom heard the wounded wards were noisily gay with singing laughing fighting battles over and over again and playfully chafing each other by decrying the troops from the different states each man applauding his own one would think in listening to them that the whole army with the exception of a few men from the speaker's section of the country were cowards the upcountry soldiers born in the same state went further and decried them fellows from the seaboard who let us do all the fighting the georgians would tell how the carolinians laid down at such a battle refusing to charge and how they charged over them the mississippians of the backwardness of the tennessee troops who never would go into action unless led by the commanding general the virginians romanced of the rowdyism of the maryland volunteers who were always spreeing it in the city and dancing attendance on the women and the north carolinians caught it on all sides though their record undoubtedly 
is a most gallant one as a mass the last certainly were rather forlorn specimens and their drawl was insufferable besides this they never in any instance would give me the satisfaction of knowing that they ever ate anything that issued from my kitchen can i have some sweet soup whined a voice on one side and can i have some sour soup came from a neighboring bed the sweet soup was stirred custard the sour a mystery as yet applying for the receipt it was given in the following words you put a pot of buttermilk on the fire and let it get hot and come to a boil then mix up the yaller of an egg with some corn flour to make a paste then punch off pieces of the dough and boil them with the soup and put salt and plenty of pepper the buttermilk as it may be supposed resolved itself in boiling into curds and whey i took the saucepan to his bedside to show him the result of his directions he merely shook his head and said his mammy's soup did not look like that many would not eat unless they were furnished with the food to which they had been accustomed at home and as unreasoning as brutes resisted nutriment and became weaker day by day and whatever was new to the eye and taste was received suspiciously liquids in the form of soup tea or coffee they turned from with disgust so that the ordinary diet of sick people was inefficient in their case buttermilk seemed specially created by nature for wounded patients they craved it with a drunkard's thirst and great tall men have absolutely cried like children for sweet milk we had a very short supply of this during the last year of the war and i remember a kentuckian one of morgan's men insisting upon refusing everything but this to him rare luxury he had been on a raid far out of the confederate limits and had no idea of the want of forage that made our cows so dry his pleading was really affecting till at last rallying i told him why man the very babies of the confederacy have given up milk and here you six feet two are crying for it we heard no more about milk from him end of section three